0: Hello, and welcome to The Advantage Investor, Raymond James Limited podcast, a podcast that provides perspective for Canadian investors who want to remain knowledgeable, informed and focused on long-term success. We are recording this on November the 13th, 2023. I'm Chris Cooksey from the Raymond James Corporate Communications and Marketing Department, and today our friend, Neela White portfolio manager, Neela White, returns to the podcast. As we discussed many times, Neela has an expertise focusing on the issues facing seniors and their caregivers. And today, Neela is going to discuss advanced care planning. Welcome back to the Advantage Investor, Neela. I hope you're doing great and had a great weekend.
1: Thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me again. And I did. I was just actually commenting. I actually saw my first little bit of snow on Saturday. So Ooh. so it's not all bad that the Christmas decorations are out in every store right now.
0: Yes, I know. My, my wife started saying, should we put the Christmas lights up? And then I think we threw all our Christmas lights out last year. And Anyway, whatever. We'll have to buy new Christmas lights is the real point. Anyway, okay, I'm glad you're doing well. Uh, another important issue that uh, that should be discussed out there today uh, in terms of advanced care planning. Uh, so let's just jump right in and we'll start off with a 10,000 foot view as we usually do. Mm-hmm. What is advanced care planning?
1: So advanced care planning in broad concepts is what are your wishes? So it's a document that outlines your wishes for care at the end of life. Uh, the importance of it is there are many treatments that can be put in at end of life to either prolong your life or comfort measures, in which case you can choose how you would like to die. So part of the importance of having an advanced care plan is not just necessarily for aging, but also for the unexpected. If you if something happened to you and you were unable to communicate your wishes or you lacked capacity to communicate your wishes, really, would you want uh, the doctors or your family to guess what it is you want and by writing it down um, it helps your loved ones guide your end of life
0: right reminds me of sort of a will do you want the government deciding where your stuff goes a bit
1: right it's it's and that's that's actually a very good analogy do you want the government don't making to sound, decisions you so have sound
0: surprised neilo that it was a good analogy <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's uh let's get, let's and then uh, that all makes sense of course and uh so where do you start from
1: you know what? I think part of it is taking a step back and having having a quiet reflection with yourself and thinking about what's right for you. What is it that you want? What are your values? What are your beliefs? And what's your understanding about end of life? I know a lot of people um, have this concept of, of what a good death is and what a good death isn't. And they're very fearful as opposed to our healthcare system is so developed right now that it's, it's much more than what we saw possibly happening to our parents, so I think it's one of those things we need to actually understand what our choices are for care at the end of life or medical procedures if we choose to have intervention. Um, I think it's incumbent on us to learn about end-of-life options and procedures, especially depending if you were diagnosed with a terminal illness. Also part of The starting is uh, you need to decide who's going to make those medical decisions on your behalf if you're unable to speak or lack capacity to make those decisions. And then I think finally, um, and possibly the most one of the most important things is you have to have this conversation with someone. It can't just be a conversation or internal dialogue you have with yourself. You need to communicate that with your power of attorney for care or your substitute uh, decision maker. It can't be the best kept secret. It's not fair to somebody right. who's left behind or has to decide.
0: Right. Makes sense. Now, a lot of different options are out there. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, yourself, you're a death doula. And that's a, I mean, I, I was aware of the doula during the childbirth process, but have recently um, heard about death doulas. So there's lots of different options out there mm-hmm. for individuals to consider. And I think the government, you know, is making or helping people to choose to end their lives in certain ways that methodology is there now. Yeah. Um, so what what are the things you should be investigating? Is it just, how do I want to go out, um, for you lack know, of better terms?
1: So so what are your options? And I think, where do you want to die? Do you want to die in the hospital? Most people, when surveyed, don't want to die in a the hospital. They'd want to die at home. So if you do want to die at home, what do you need to put in place to make sure that that can happen as peacefully and as well as possible? You need to make sure that plans are set in place if you wanted to die at home. Do you want to die in hospice? If you were terminal and you had a terminal prognosis, would it be hospice? Would you have to get in touch with the hospice? How much lead time do you need? So things like that you need to investigate. And I think it's also important to, you know, just even just do a Google search on um, medical interventions at end of life. So things like, do you want to be resuscitated? And if so, in what cases do you want a feeding tube? Again, if so, in what cases do you want dialysis? And I think it's, it's knowing some of the terminology, and maybe that's an idea for right. the next podcast is terminology, um, terms to know. But it's also doing a bit of legwork on finding out, does it prolong my life well? And right. is that something I want? Or does it prolong my life, period? right and i think those are very personal decisions and because they're so personal and they're so emotional it really is important and incumbent on us to be you know it puts us in a vulnerable position obviously but to have these conversations with people because if if you're feeling that emotional about it and uncertain and and fearful and scared can you imagine the person who actually has to make the best guess decision on, I think this is what Ma wanted. I think this is what dad wanted. I think this is what my spouse wanted. That leaves a lot of guilt because you will never know if it was the right decision.
0: And I guess this, uh, and and as you mentioned, lots of decisions to be made, whether it's a do not resuscitate. I know my grandmother had a, had a do not resuscitate (laughs) and they did. And uh that doctor uh, heard, a, heard heard an earful. This was a while ago, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, you get to make those decisions at the end of your life. So maybe what are some of the other decisions that have to be made? I think who? Yeah. Who,
1: is, uh, who is that person who is going to be your voice? Who's going to be your advocate? Who do you trust to be able to uh, advocate for you, even if it's not what they want? Right. And I, and I think that can be where some of the issues happen. If you don't have these conversations with someone, let's say it's a decision just fundamentally they could not support, therefore not carry out in your best interest. Are they the best person just because they're yeah. your closest living relative or anything like that? So I think it's having the conversation to make sure that somebody is able to support and advocate for your end of life decision.
0: You still That's need right. someone to help you manage the healthcare system.
1: You need somebody who's going to be talking to the doctor, you're going to need someone who possibly if there's a lot of family with differing differing opinions, right? Um they're going to be the person who holds the ability to make that decision and be your voice. So you need to make sure it's the right person. I've seen happen many times where you know, even though parents have expressed their whole lifetime, you know, a a certain uh, fundamental belief in life that because everybody has a different uh, view at end of life when dying, that even though they know fundamentally that was the uh, parent's decision, they will try everything to keep them alive as long as possible. That has to do with with the person who's going to be left behind, not the person who's dying and. Therefore, you know, having this document that helps support this is what I want makes it easier for the doctor to say, "Hey, look, it's quite clear that this is what uh, Mrs. Smith or Mr. Smith wanted." Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it's it's always been. I mean, from my point of view, mm-hmm. um, you know, pets. You have pets, and, <laughs> and 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 at some point, maybe the dog can't go up the stairs anymore. Or the cat is sick all the time, or whatever. And people out of the, you know, they say prevent suffering we're putting the animal down Um, but sometimes we just don't do that with humans and i don't mean to say obviously put them down that's an an awful way to phrase it but conceptually uh we recognize in animals we don't want them to go through certain things um but and i I also understand humans are a a level ahead of of animals to most people but it's just one of those confusing things around it Mm -hmm. so as you mentioned a lot of conversation has to happen both with the person who's looking out for you or probably better a couple people looking out for you to so there's a a maintenance status quo or 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 bounce the ideas off or prevent someone from doing something on their own so you know obviously you're talking with family you're talking to your doctors lawyers perhaps anyone else you'd be talking to in this situation
1: you know what i think uh family i think i think friends as you mentioned doctor lawyer i think also you know even a um if you're dealing with somebody on the financial side, just so they're all aware that this decision making's in the process. And you know, just in case there's let's say you want the death to happen somewhere special, you know. Right. They can be part of the of the support system. Mm-hmm. That yeah. way your family doesn't have to like, oh do you, you know, let's say you want to let's say you want this to happen in Hawaii let's sure. say, and that's going to cost X amount of dollars. You know, did you put it aside planning for this so your family doesn't have to worry about it? Or even, you know, part of the end of life, like let's say what you would like is a um, a huge, huge, huge celebration of life and it's going to cost right. X amount of dollars because you want, you know, a live band and, and fully catered and and whatever the special treatment that you want once you're gone is let's say it is going to cost 25, 30, 40, thousand. Have you set it away that your family right. can honor your wish?
0: Yeah. You don't want to put that on the the next generation <laughs> necessarily if it's going to Correct. be big. That, right. Correct. And again, it's just one of those things like an organ organ donor, uh, mm-hmm. make sure people know.
1: Yes, absolutely. Right.
0: And now I guess finally, um, is this something you should write down? Is it an actual legal document?
1: It's, it's not a legal document. It is a, a um, letter of best, best wishes, a a letter of this is what I want, respect me, Um, a letter of values. It is not a legal binding document, but it just really helps Um, medical personnel and people that if there's any sort of um, debate on, well, no, dad didn't want this or dad didn't want this, here's a document that was created by you expressing who and what you valued and how you would like your last days to be. So it becomes less of an emotional decision um, with, well, maybe you heard it wrong. Maybe Uh, that's not quite what they meant, as opposed to the document goes into quite a bit of detail about, um, again, intubation, resuscitation, um, what is a comfort measure, what do I consider a comfort measure, and stuff like that. So it is super important to write it down because words replayed in your mind aren't always, especially when you're under a large amount of emotional stress, you always accurate. replay it exactly the way it was right yeah in which case here's the document without with emotion but you know it's one-dimensional yeah and it's less debatable
0: i also remember uh, we were having our kids um Mm -hmm. someone suggested we write down the birth story just because you're never going to remember so you know this is not like necessarily you write this out and you have two weeks Mm -hmm. it it could be years and years and years so Mm -hmm. as those conversations can get lost or misinterpreted or evolve over time so somebody somebody new
1: you know what somebody new comes in your life god forbid nefarious purposes i want to keep you longer because alive sorry i want your life to end shorter i want to keep you longer because of x y and z so writing it down and and giving a copy to someone i think is always a great idea that way there's a witness to it um it is not a legal document it is a, a document of intention of wishes of please honor me Um, and what I would recommend if anybody gets it done is attach it to your power of attorney for care. So I have one, um, I got mine drafted uh, just after my mom died. Um, and it's attached to my power of attorney for care that way. If anyone had to make the decision and it was highly emotional and and I'm assuming actually it's going to, it would be my daughter at a much later age that it wouldn't be I can't do this. I don't mm-hmm. know it's what mom wants and I don't want her to have that guilt on her. So here it is. Here it is in writing. I'm okay with it. This is what right. I want.
0: I always appreciate you joining us, Neela. These are often heavy topics and you bring such a nice uh, or a softer way of looking at it and, uh, and, and while at the same time keeping us uh, focused on what's important. So thank you again for uh, joining us and I know you'll join us again soon.
1: Perfect. Thank you for having me today.
0: All righty. Reach out to us at the Advantage Investor pod at RaymondJames.ca. Subscribe to the Advantage Investor on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please contact your advisor with any questions you have. On behalf of Raymond James and the Advantage Investor, thank you for taking the time to listen today. Until next time, stay well. The podcast is for informational purposes only. Statistics and factual data and other information are from sources Raymond James Limited believes to be reliable, but their accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Information is furnished on the basis and understanding that Raymond James Limited is to be under no liability whatsoever in respect thereof. It is provided as a general source of information and should not be construed as an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any product and should not be considered tax advice. Raymond James Advisors are not tax advisors, and we recommend that clients seek independent advice from a professional advisor on tax-related matters. Securities-related products and services are offered through Raymond James Limited, member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Insurance products and services are offered through Raymond James Financial Planning Limited, which is not a member of Canadian Investor Protection Fund.